You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. Happy end of Fantasy Week 4. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. Of course, you know that because you just heard the intro. And I am your host, Al Melchior. And joining me a little bit later on in the show today from FanRag Sports, Bernie Pleskoff. I'm sure you know him from uh, many destinations online and from Twitter. Uh, great uh, scouting resource. And we're going to talk uh, about a lot of the the prospects, uh, mostly the ones that have been up uh, recently. We're certainly going to talk about uh, Cody Bellinger, but uh, a lot of other stuff there too. So be sure to stick around for that. Big news, of course, going into today is uh, the uh, not so good news uh, about Adam Eaton. So he has been diagnosed with a torn ACL. He is out for the season. Um, if you are going to be scrambling for a replacement, I definitely recommend that you read the column, uh, that was written by Greg Jewett for, um, for FanRag Sports, because Greg outlined several options, uh, for standard and for deeper leagues. Um, so, you know, outfield, uh, there are quite a lot of options out there, but, uh, you know, it's going to be hard, if not impossible in, in just about any format to replace Adam Eaton. So, uh. You know, a tough, tough uh, break for for him. Uh, He's going to be replaced. In fact, already has been replaced in the Nationals lineup by Michael Taylor. We're going to talk about him later on in the show. Uh, Some better news on the health front. Uh, Ian Desmond is uh, maybe going to be activated today. Uh, I have not seen anything. I will keep an eye on that. But as of yesterday... It sounded like uh, Desmond had a very, very good chance to be activated uh, for today's game. So I would think at the very least, ought to be safe to get Desmond in your lineup for week five. So, um, you know, that's that's fantastic news. Uh, and Desmond came to a lot of owners as a bargain because of uh, the, the fracture in his hand uh, on, on draft day. So good news there and more good news. Gary Sanchez, who's been out with uh, biceps tendonitis, Joe Girardi, his manager, says that he could be back within a week. So probably by next weekend, you could have Gary Sanchez back in your lineup. Uh, That news, uh, courtesy of MLB.com. So I would think probably uh, you don't want to start Sanchez for week five, although, you know, stay tuned because... Just because Girardi says he's back within a week, I would take that to mean the latter part of next week. But uh, you never know. So maybe, uh, you know, if there's some good news, maybe that that uh, date gets bumped up a couple of days. And Sanchez that's, then, then does come into play for week five. Uh, Shelby Miller uh, is going to have Tommy John surgery. He had uh, three different opinions. And uh, so he has decided to go ahead and have the surgery. So obviously Miller out for the rest of this season. And I would think uh, a a chunk of next season as well. 
Sean Manaya, after all, uh, is going on or has gone already on the 10 day disabled list. That's uh, retroactive to April 27th. So you may only be looking at Manaya out for about a week from right now. But it, it seemed like that situation was headed in that direction because initially it was, well, maybe he's not going to have to miss his next start. And then it went to, well, maybe he can be back on Thursday. Uh, and and so as it you know, got pushed back, sort of the almost inevitable happened that uh, Manaya's on the DL. Uh, he is dealing with a left shoulder strain. Aaron Sanchez will be back today. He's going to start for the Blue Jays against the Rays. So uh, get him active. If not for your daily lineup league today, for your weekly league next week, maybe you want to see how he fares against the Rays. That's actually a pretty nice matchup, at least from a strikeouts perspective. So uh, Aaron Sanchez is back. Steven Souza Jr., good news in a relative sense for him. He was hit uh, hit by a pitch on his left hand yesterday. But x-rays revealed that there was no fracture, just a bruise for Souza. He is not in the lineup today at the Blue Jays, but uh, good news, I'd have to say, probably as good as you could expect for, uh, for Steven Souza. And uh, let's take a quick look at lineups and weather. Uh, most of the uh, news weather-wise is good, but there is uh, some chance of uh, precipitation uh, for, and I, uh, pardon me, because I, uh, here it is, the White Sox at the Tigers. 15% chance, but goes up to uh, over 50% by 2 o'clock. So keep an eye on that one. And uh, Mariners have a very interesting lineup today. Uh, you've got Ben Gamble batting second now playing right field and in left field you got Boop Powell you know not that Boop Paul Powell not the Orioles Boop Powell but uh so you've got him there and no Gerard Dyson for the Mariners today so we will be back we will take a look at some of the standout hitting performances right after this break Welcome back, everybody, to FanRag Fantasy Sports. Fantasy Baseball, I should say. We're just talking baseball on the show. Uh, I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about the 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. You can now take the world's premier 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network with you wherever you go. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio app now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. And listen for free anytime, anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill, Benny Riccardi in the car, Greg Sussman on the subway, or just relax with the king. That's right. Scott Engel, listen to the king on the couch, or Jake Seeley when you're jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get the Fancy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play, and take the experts with you. So a couple of uh, a couple more notes, uh, injury notes. Uh, just uh, that I've uh, come across over the break here, a couple involving the Rays. Uh, talked about Steven Souza just having a bruise on his hand, which is great news. And even better news, he may be available in the game today. So he's not in the starting lineup, but Souza may be available, I would assume, that is to pinch hit. But uh, this is uh, courtesy of Mark Topkin from 
uh, the Tampa Bay Times. He says that uh, Sousa may test his hand by swinging later on today. And also for the Rays, Colby Rasmus will play a rehab game today uh, with the Montgomery Biscuits, one of my favorite team names and team logos in minor league baseball. And uh, if all goes well, Rasmus will be with the Rays in Miami on Monday uh, and then be activated in time for either Tuesday's or Wednesday's game. So maybe a deep league outfield option for you there in, uh, in Colby Rasmus. And uh, also some good news if you're looking for steals and you're a Rajay Davis owner or uh, maybe you can be one if he's on your waivers. Uh, Davis is expected to return Tuesday for the A's. And um, one more lineup note as well. Chris Davis has been scratched from the Orioles lineup. He is dealing with uh, an elbow issue. So no Chris Davis for the Orioles today. Um, No further word on that. So uh, it sounds like it's a minor injury, but obviously that's one for your weekly leagues that you definitely want to keep an eye on. Uh, All right, well, let's uh, take a look back at Saturday's action. Uh, Lots of really good hitting performances. I mean, not not a schedule replete with great pitching performances. There were a few, and we'll get to those later in the show. But uh, it was home run a palooza on Saturday. Lots of multiple home run performances. But Matt Kemp, uh, he wins the prize. Three home runs against the Brewers, three for five in total. Uh, So Kemp now with six home runs on the season. And a 327 batting average. So you'd have to say that Matt Kemp is going to finish up April with a pretty, pretty nice stat line. Now, for some very weird reason, Matt Kemp has been awful in May the last few years. So I don't necessarily chalk anything up to that at all. I'm guessing it's coincidence. Uh, but really, ever since Kemp has come to the Braves, he's just been a real offensive force. So. I would have to say that regardless of the history in May, that for week five, uh, Kemp needs to be started pretty much everywhere. So uh, great uh, great game there for Matt Kemp. Carlos Gomez, go-go, went for the cycle, four for four against the Angels. Batting average now, just 239, but considering the early season hole that he dug himself, that's not so bad. And the strikeouts are actually down quite a bit for Gomez compared to last season. So... Uh, might be a good, uh, if, if uh, Gomez is under league, uh, a good buy low opportunity. Although after the cycle, maybe you want to let him cool off a little bit. But uh, those numbers still not looking great for, for Gomez. But he's actually still out there in quite a few leagues. So he's probably, uh, in, other than in really shallow leagues, he's probably one of the better, more realistic uh, Adam Eaton replacements you could get probably a little more power than Eaton's going to give you, maybe not quite as many steals. So far this year, uh, Gomez, with that uh, cycle, he hit his fourth home run. He's got two stolen bases this year. So that total is is a little disappointing. But I imagine the steals will come for Gomez. The batting average will improve, especially if he continues to strike out at a lower rate. And uh, we were already, we already could be encouraged by the display of power by Carlos Gomez. Brett Gardner, again, somebody we think of more for the steals than the home runs. He had himself a two-homer game against the Orioles. So two for four in that game for Gardner. Uh, Aaron Judge, another home run. So he enters into the last day of April with 10 home runs already, Aaron Judge. Also stole his first base on Saturday. Uh, This also, of course, against the Orioles. And he walked twice. So 
Judge, really, really impressive uh, month of April there. Um, you know, I had some doubts about him making the transition to the major leagues, but, you know, we talked about Gomez with the decrease in strikeouts. Judge struck out far, far too much last season when he came up, and now he's got a rate that's much more in line with what he did in the minor leagues and the, the powers there. And, you know, Judge offers us a little bit of a lesson when it comes to Yankees prospects because we saw what we're seeing with Judge. We saw with Gary Sanchez. We saw with Greg Bird that they don't they put up okay power numbers at double A AA and triple A, but not numbers, you know, commensurate with what we've seen from each of those three at the major league level. And, you know, you have to bear in mind that uh, Trenton and uh, Scranton are just, you know, they're not really great power parks. So it does depress those numbers. Um, and then, of course, they come to Yankee Stadium and they, they play in those great parks uh, in the AL East. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a little misleading when you look at the numbers. You say, well, you know, where did this come from? So uh, Judge, uh, I think, with little left to prove to us in terms of his ability to hit at the major league level. Same could be said for Michael Conforto, three for four, and he got two home runs on Saturday uh, at Washington. So he t- is now up to six home runs on the season and Conforto batting 333. Hit uh, in the leadoff spot, and he will be hitting in the leadoff spot again today. So looks like Conforto has settled in there. With the power he's showing, that's maybe a little disappointing that he's at the very top of the order because he's probably going to lose some RBI opportunities. But I, you know, I wouldn't sweat it <laughs> as long as Conforto is playing. Uh, I imagine he's going to produce a lot of power. He's going to produce some runs. Uh, the 333 average is a nice bonus. Not that I would expect Conforto to be a drag on batting average, but uh, he's somebody who certainly needs to be started in five outfielder leagues. And depending on your options, maybe in three outfielder leagues too, because playing time, of course, for him is, is the main issue, and that's not an issue now uh, with Jonas Cespedes out. So uh, Conforto, uh, you know, living up, to the hype and well-deserved hype that he uh, created as a, as a prospect. Jose Abreu finally off the home run schneid with a two home run game. Those were his first two home runs of the season, two for three uh, against the Tigers on Saturday. So that lifts his batting average up to 269. Uh, so good, good to see from Abreu because almost a solid month there of not very good stats. Cody Bellinger gets in the home run column and he gets there twice two for four with two home runs against the Phillies. And Bellinger was basically the meat in a home run sandwich because there's that ninth inning against the Phillies where Puig uh, hit a home run and then Bellinger and then Justin Turner. And that tied the game. And then eventually uh, the Dodgers won it uh, in a blown save for Hector Neris. So really a couple of stories there. Bellinger with uh, his first really big game as a major leaguer, just his fifth game overall. So certainly can't complain there. And then Hector Neris, uh, his first blown save since becoming the Phillies' closer. And even though it's his first blown save, it's really been a struggle for Neris. And they've already blown through Jenmar Gomez and uh, Joaquin Benoit. So um, no word on any switch again there in Philadelphia. I would assume Pete McCannon is going to give Neris a little more of a leash there. But uh you know, that's, if you're a Neris owner and you had high hopes, that's a little distressing. Fernando Rodney with the second blown save in a row and David Robertson with a blown save. I don't think there's any controversy there with Robertson. And if there's anything controversial about the Fernando Rodney situation, it's that Turlo Vulo says that 
Rodney's still the closer. So those of you who went out and picked up J.J. Hoover or maybe Archie Bradley, um, you know, you're going to have to wait some a bit longer. And actually for Bradley, it looks much more likely if his role is going to change, it's going to be to replace Shelby Miller and not replace Fernando Rodney. So, again, not necessarily a bad thing if you picked Archie Bradley up uh, to get starts from him as opposed to saves. Uh, I personally would actually rather see Bradley remain in the bullpen because he's shown himself to be successful there. But uh, we don't get to make that choice. And meanwhile, well, we also don't get to take Fernando Rodney out of the closer's role in Arizona. So he is still there. Uh, and one more note uh, before we head into break, mention that we talk about Michael Taylor. Good game for him. Again, replacing Adam Eaton three for five with a double against the Mets. But even with that three hit performance, still just a 193 batting average for Michael Taylor. But could be a nice source of steals throughout uh, the season. So uh, keep that in mind. So we'll take a look at uh, a few more uh, hitter notes later on the show. But when we come back, we're going to be talking prospects with Bernie Pleskoff. You're going to want to stick around for that. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I am your host, Al Melchior, and joining me for this segment, also from FanRag Sports, Bernie Pleskoff. And uh, not only can you find Bernie at FanRag Sports, but he is on the RotoWire Short Hops uh, podcast with Derek Van Riper. And uh, Bernie, welcome to the show. Gl- really glad to have you on. Hey, good morning, Al. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. And uh, I, I got to say, it's good good to hear your voice because, uh, you know, I know you virtually, you know, from uh, your, your work and from Twitter. And uh, we were in a, a fantasy league, uh, what, just a couple years ago, a CBS league. Yep, that's right. We were. I probably <laughs> so, won that, right? <laughs> I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't. <laughs> Uh, well, Bernie, uh, before we get into uh, some of the prospect talk, and we're going to talk about uh, Cody Bellinger and Christian Royo and, and some others, uh, you uh, recently made a trip to Cuba, a scouting trip? I was in Cuba last January, and I'm hosting Al on January 19th through 26th of 2018, a trip to Cuba. It will be a cultural culture trip and baseball trip. We will go to the oldest stadium in Cuba. We will probably see at least one game, maybe two. We'll go to a couple stadiums. We'll go to the iconic uh, Tropicana nightclub, cigar factories, rum factories, Hemingway's home. It's, it's fantastic. We're staying at the Hotel Nacional, which is the nicest hotel in Cuba. I, I never had a greater experience than when I went to Cuba. And your listeners can go with me. If you're interested, contact me at bpleskoff, P-L-E-S-K-O-F-F, at AOL.com, or get a hold of me on Twitter, at Bernie Pleskoff. I will send you all the details. You will never have a greater trip in your life. All those 1950 cars, we'll go and we'll watch them repair the cars and restore them. Just a great trip, Al. And I didn't do any scouting. Not allowed to do that. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Good to know. Uh, I would think that'd be maybe 
frustrating uh not be able to apply your craft over there but uh and i'm glad that you you threw out your twitter handle too because i was remiss not to do that in the intro so um well with no further ado uh, ado bernie uh let's uh get your take on uh some of the prospects i know people are, are wanting to know about and of course cody bellinger coming off of the big two home run game last night against the phillies uh do you think he's up to stay for now, or uh, is there going to be a, a, a crunch that's going to impact him maybe when Jock Peterson comes off the DL? Well, not only Jock Peterson, but they've got Logan Forsythe coming off. They're going to have, at some point, Franklin Gutierrez. They've got five guys right now on the DL, and Bellinger has options left. So when you have options left, you know, you are a candidate to be sent down. However, he is making such a great impression, and they don't have a lot of power. Uh, he's playing in the outfield now. By craft, he's a first baseman first, an outfielder second. He is a gold-glove caliber first baseman now. That's how good he is. He's got an uppercut swing that is perfect when they get into course field or chase field. This guy is a very, very good prospect. But he will be a candidate to be sent out unless something different happens than I'm thinking right now. This could just be a quick look, and they needed him desperately. He was there for them. But when you have options, you're vulnerable. And, you know, he's a rookie, and those are some big names that they need to find roster space for. Yeah, well, and Adrian Gonzalez, uh, you know, there's some rumors that he may be headed to the DL, so that, you know, could maybe open up an opportunity for Bellinger. But, you know, like you said, it's it's a tenuous situation right now for him. Uh, just a ballpark figure, and I realize that this is, you know, kind of an impossible ask. But how many uh, how many plate appearances would you think over the course of the season he might be able to get? I can't even guess that, and I, and I don't and I don't deal in those kind of numbers because all they can do is make me look silly because I don't have a crystal ball. You know, yeah. basically you have to look at the fact that he is. He does have the options left, but he's got the power they need. Adrian is having a tough year. When I saw him in Chase Field, he was going opposite every at-bat almost, left to left center. That means they're beating him on fastballs, and he's late. So Adrian's days may be numbered at first base, and then your, your new first baseman will be Cody Bellinger. That's why he's there. He's not there to take over an outfield spot permanently. He's there when Adrian hangs him up. All right. Well, yeah, I wouldn't imagine that would be soon, but, you know, we shall see how this all plays out. Uh, now, Christian Arroyo, um, you know, he's got uh, – he, he's pretty well settled in right now as the, the third baseman for the Giants. He's got some an interesting history in the minor league because look at the numbers. It doesn't seem like he has much power, but, uh, you know, much like the big league ballpark, those minor league parks that Arroyo has played in, really do not encourage power. So do you think that there's maybe some a surprising amount of home run power there for Arroyo uh, as you know, right away as a rookie? I saw Arroyo when he was in the Arizona League, which is a summer rookie league. Then I saw him in the fall league. Then I saw him in spring training. And this is a terrific young man, very, very bright. He is a line drive gap hitter. Anything he hits over the fence is a gift, and that will come. But his game is not an uppercut swing. It's a level swing to hit line drive ropes, which is what he can do. And again, in Chase Field and in Coors, they may go over the wall. 
I think he, you know, he's an average shortstop. He's not great. He's better at third base. But my plan for Arroyo was to convert him into a left fielder. And if he could play left field permanently for them, they've solved that problem. And I wouldn't be surprised because this is a very good athlete that over the spring next year, they may try to give him more playing time in left field because that's been a black hole for them for years. And they could solve it with Arroyo because he's not moving Crawford out of shortstop. His best bet would be at third base and possibly in left field. But in spring training, I also called for them to put Brandon Belt in left and go after one of the big first basemen who were on the market as free agents. But they didn't listen to me then, but now Brandon Belt is in left field. So you never know what's going to happen. But I think Arroyo could be a terrific left fielder because he's a good outfielder. Uh, he's, a, he's, a good, uh, he's a good athlete. And I think what you're going to get from him is line drives, lots of doubles, lots of RBIs, lots of runs scored. He's a very bright young man. Yeah, well, I think he, uh, you know, he's serving the shadow now of Bellinger with the two of them coming up at a similar time. And, you know, again, Royo not putting up the big stats in the minor leagues. But, yeah, I think I think he deserves a little more attention. Uh, I, I Taylor, think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And Taylor Motter, you know, he's really – he was very much under the radar. The Rays didn't see fit to, to keep him around. They traded him to the Mariners this offseason. And, uh, you know, really impressed filling in for Gene Segura. And with Segura back now – uh, Modders played a little bit of first base. He can kind of play all over. Do you think uh, that he can do enough with the bat to stay in that lineup, uh, you know, due to his versatility? Well, actually, you know, he, he's a Jose Ramirez and Ben Zobris type guy. You put him anywhere and he's going to succeed. You put, But in, in the case of both those guys, once they got their shot to play every day, they proved they're everyday players. I'm not as bullish on Mater as I was on Ramirez and, of course, on Zobras. Mater is a pretty dead pull hitter, but they used him in left. They used him at first, at second, at short. And, but I still think he's a super utility player. I don't think he's a regular. I think he'll be exposed uh, over time, and they'll bust him inside. And I think... Basically, you're talking about a ceiling of 250, but he'll hover between 230 and 250. So I think he could get some big hits. Very, very valuable guy to have, but not an everyday player. But he's a nice fantasy player because he gives you position eligibility all over the place. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that helps, you know, when he's actually staying in the lineup. So the versatility is helping him in, in you know, the real world. And then, as you say, that that carries over into giving him value, both in terms of playing time and in terms of multi-positional uh, eligibility for Mater. And now they'll, they'll plug him in. They'll plug him in. And now they're plugging him in for Hanniger, like they plugged him in uh, for Segura. When you have a major piece gone, that's when you can plug a, a super utility guy in. That does not make him a regular player. That makes him what he is. The, the next guy up off the bench that gives you the at-bats and plays anywhere you need on defense for a sustained amount of time until the injured guy gets back. Yeah. So, uh, well, the Mariners have definitely had their share of injuries, so that's helped Motter's value. Uh, now, Yuli Gurriel hasn't had to rely on you know injuries because he's he nailed down that uh, job at first base for the Astros. 
going into the season, I, I figured Guriel would win that job because AJ Hinch gave every, every indication that was going to happen, but I just didn't see him hitting enough to fend off AJ Reed. Um, but uh, you know, certainly Guriel is, he's, he's been pretty good for the first month here. Uh, what do you see for him going forward? AJ Reed has been, I don't want to call him a bust because he's never had a sustained opportunity, but you know, the, the fantasy world expected this guy to set the world on fire and he's human. So AJ Reed's time has been suppressed now with the arrival of Guriel. Now Guriel was the guy in Cuba. He and his brother were very, very highly uh, thought of, but Guriel much more so than his brother. Now, the thing about him is that it took him a while to adjust, just like it did Cespedes when he came up with Oakland. You know, it took a very long time, half a season actually, for him to get used to breaking balls. Now, Guriel is getting used to this, adjusting very well, and now he's hitting 342. So you're going to have to pry him out of that lineup, and I don't think you're going to do it. He's only six feet tall. 190 pounds, so you're not talking about a big guy. You're talking about uh, a good athlete and a guy that can, you know, drive in runs, but not as great a home run hitter. Yeah, but a little more power than I would have expected, and maybe yeah, that's a, exactly. a part of the adjustment too. So, uh, yeah, not especially in his home park, especially in his home park. You know, that's yeah. a very sweet left field porch. Absolutely, that, that that can only help Guriel's numbers. Um, Bernie, uh, we've only got uh, just really a few seconds left here, so anybody we should look out for that you're scouting right now or going to be writing on yes. in, in the coming days? On Monday, I will have a piece on Kyle Freeland, a lefty for the Rockies. I usually avoid Rockies pitchers, but not this guy. Not All right, this well, guy. He's the real we'll, deal. We'll look for that. Bernie, thank you so much for joining us. Look for Bernie's work on Fanrag Sports. Have a good one, Bernie. Everyone, we will be right back, so stick around. Welcome back, everybody, to Fanrag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host for this show. And let me tell you a little bit about the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package. It is your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. Stay ahead of the pack with their in-depth statistical breakdowns, trend analysis, and player insights. Become a wizard of the waiver wire and learn how to scan the numbers like a Roto scientist. They'll help you set the ideal lineups every week. And this season, you'll get a built-in fantasy training staff with their injury advisor, powered by InsideInjuries.com. So get the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package now and start your ascent to the top of the standings. Enter the promo code FREERADIO at the checkout for a special discount. A couple more lineups rolling in here. So uh, one in particular that, uh, or actually I should say one game in particular that's noteworthy, uh, Angels at the Rangers. Uh, earlier show this week, I want to say, I think it was the Friday show, uh, and Delino DeShields and Ryan Rua had both been in the lineup the night before, and I would said, well, that's that's not going to happen very much because Rua has uh, been anointed the regular left fielder, and they were just giving Mar Mazzara a day off. But here we are on Sunday uh, against the Angels, and we have a lineup with DeShields, Mazzara, and Rua, Rua at first base, 
to shield the Mazar in the outfield corners and no, uh, no Mike Napoli. So um, that is, uh, that is an interesting one there for the Rangers and for the Angels, of course, uh, CJ Crone on the DL. So we've got Jeffrey Marte at first base. And that was somebody I really liked as a, as kind of a deep sleeper coming into the season. It was just a matter of how he was going to get an opportunity and at least as long as Crone is out, uh, Marte will get that opportunity. So uh, there's there's somebody to watch and maybe pick up for a deeper league for uh, for week five. Uh, so let's get back to some of the performances from Saturday. We had gone through several of the hitting performances, lots of multiple home run games. A couple other good games uh, we didn't quite get to. Will Myers went three for five, hitting his sixth home run and getting his second steal at the Giants. So with those three hits, Myers is now hitting 318 on the season. Uh, but I, I'm not completely loving all of the indicators for Myers so far. And, and I'll admit, I was a skeptic coming into the year because he had that great first half last year, but then really just was ice cold from about the beginning of July on. Not, not even the second half. It really started even before the All-Star break. And uh, so, you know, it looks like he's proving skeptics like me wrong. And maybe that batting average in the in the power are legit, but he's got a 33% line drive rate, whereas his typical norm, both for his career and for last season, is right around 20%. And that if there's a, a, a stat that really can make me skeptical, it's line drive rate when you see a big aberration like that because it's something that tends to fluctuate a lot. You know, now if it's Freddie Freeman and he's got a 33% line drive rate, you know, say, well, that's Freddie Freeman. He typically hits about 30% of hit balls as line drives. But, you know, for a Will Myers, that to me smells a little funky. So, uh, and then on top of that, he's had 111 plate appearances in just two walks and 32 strikeouts. So that's, that's pretty horrendous. Um, Not to say again that he can't produce power or even hit for average, with that ratio, but he's certainly not going to get on base and that's not going to help him catch up in the stolen base department. So uh, I'd, I'd watch Myers with a skeptical eye going forward, uh, you know, just to see if maybe he can improve the plate discipline and see if he can maintain that batting average. And Justin smoke with a nice game three for three versus the Rays, his fourth home run of the season. So uh, smoke uh, probably available in some of your deeper leagues. Nice little power source there if uh, if he's available. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, not very many great pitching performances, which really in a way is kind of a break for the norm because it seems like whenever I do the show, there's lots of great pitching performances, both from the the studs that we expect them from and and some surprise ones. Uh, But, uh, you know, Von Nova clearly with the, the big standout performance. But before we get to Nova, and Andrew Triggs and, and some of the better performances. Derek Holland had an interesting an interesting start, start and he had an, he's having an interesting season. Against the Tigers, he went uh, six and a third innings, allowed five hits, just two runs, uh, two walks for Holland, and four strikeouts. So, you know, that's a nice start. It's a quality start, not a lot of strikeouts, but you know, that's not really what you expect from Holland, particularly at this point in his career. And yet, the strikeout rate, which is, you know, it's relatively modest, he's getting 7.1 strikeouts per nine innings, which, you know, it's not, it's not terrible. It's a, that's, a, that's a fairly average strikeout ratio for a starter. 
and it is his highest K-9 ratio since 2013. So there is some improvement from Holland there on that front. Now, the, the part that's weird and, and probably just downright fluky to some extent, he's allowing hitters to hit 129 on ground balls. Now, the major league norm is usually somewhere right around 240. So you know, barely more than half of the major league norm on ground balls. So when I see that, of course, you know, first thing I think is thing I think is that can't last. But then you think, well, it's it's going to regress, but how far is it going to regress? Is is his defense really that improved behind him? And it's it's kind of a maybe <laughs> because um Tyler Saladino and Todd Frazier, at least by the advanced metrics and, and in particular by UZR, having really nice seasons. In fact, Tyler Saladino is having so far one of the best seasons by, uh, by UCR this year of, of any player uh, and certainly of, of any uh, of any second baseman. And Todd Frazier is having a, a good defensive year as well. Tim Anderson, not so much. Jose Abreu, not so much. But, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, one, one, one player can, can make something of a difference. So, And the White Sox... Their staff has the lowest BABIP rate in the major leagues, 252. So, again, to some extent, it's so extreme, it has to be a fluke. And the fact that the infield, you know, and the outfield, for that matter, you know, have not been uniformly wonderful, uh, there's going to be some regression. But, you know, I do have to wonder, Holland, as a fly ball pitcher and as somebody who's got a couple of good, uh, you know, infielders behind him, and with the ground ball average being so low, yeah, maybe you know, it's gonna maybe that the Babbitt progresses, but maybe it regresses to you know two seventy, two sixty, and then you know you have something there if he doesn't walk too many batters and he keeps that strikeout rate at, at kind of a major league average rate. Uh, maybe how long does somebody use in a two start week? So, just something to think about, something to keep keep an eye on. And while I was digging around those defensive stats. Something really, really uh, stood out to me. Well, for one thing, the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks, uh, they have very high staff BABIPs, and they're two of the six worst teams in terms of uh, UZR. So, um, you know, you look at somebody like Adam Wainwright, who's just giving up hits on balls and play left and right. You know, like Holland, there'll be some regression there, but how much? Um, And in terms of other teams with, with very low pitcher BABIPs, the Twins are right behind the White Sox in BABIP, and they do have a very, very good defense. And they've got one player in particular, Byron Buxton, who is just blowing away the field, everybody, all positions, blowing away the field in terms of UZR and defensive runs above average. And we saw in Tampa Bay over the last couple of years where Kevin Kiermeyer has been a pitcher's, pitcher's best friend you know, you have to wonder if maybe Buxton is poised to kind of take over that role. And uh, we've seen him help Irvin Santana a lot, I would think. But the rest of that rotation has not really gotten the benefit that Santana has. Uh, Hector Santiago has a low Babbitt, but he's historically a low Babbitt guy because he gets a lot of fly balls. So that's a situation uh, to watch, particular, particularly if, the say, they uh, call up Jose Barrios. Um, Because, you know, even with a great defense, I'm not going to be that interested in, say, Phil Hughes. But, uh, you know, Berrios, maybe maybe he gets an assist from from Byron Buxton. So, defense. 
uh, can be fantasy relevant sometimes. Von Nova, he needs some help from the defense sometimes because uh, he's been fairly prone to contact, but uh, he does not walk anybody, almost literally. He became a Pirate last August. He's pitched 101 third innings as a Pirate. He has walked four batters as a Pirate. Now think about that. You Darvish last night walked four batters in the start. Von Nova has walked four batters in half a season with the Pirates. And just one of those this year. So Nova shut out the Marlins. Three-hit shutout. Did get seven Ks. So didn't need so much defensive help last night. But just a, a fantastic start in a fantastic year for Nova. And, you know, if he can just bump up that strikeout rate a little bit, he is pretty much useful to any fantasy owner. As it is, I mean, he's a must-start guy in points leagues because he's so efficient and has such great control that he's going to give you loads of innings. Uh, and he's not going to walk batters, so you're not going to get the penalty for that. Uh, so Von Nova, just uh, the, the success just keeps coming for him. Andrew Triggs also with a, a great start uh, at the Astros. Seven scoreless innings, five hits, no walks for him either, and nine strikeouts. And this is not the Astros of old. This is you know, Bernie uh, Pleskoff last segment talked about Yuli Gurriel and the nice offensive season he's having so far. But, you know, one of the things that, that Gurriel does to that Astros lineup is he really helps to change the complexion of it. And from, you know, two years ago when they were a dream matchup, at least when uh, strikeouts were concerned, they have Gurriel, they've got Nori Aoki, they've got Josh Reddick. None of those guys strike out very much. So they've really changed the complexion of the Astros lineup. They're a tough matchup now all the way around because they've got dangerous hitters. And they don't strike out. And Andrew Triggs struck out nine Astros in seven innings last night. So very, very impressive start for Triggs. Joe Musgrove starting for the Astros against the A's. He had uh, his best start of the year. Six and a third innings, one run on five hits and a walk. So lots of good control performances here. You'll see that's a trend. Uh, so six Ks for, for Musgrove. And that's good because, again, sort of like Nova, that's where Musgrove has really lacked so far this year. Not that we would expect him to be a big-time strikeout pitcher, but based on what he did for the Astros in the minor leagues, you really should expect at some point that Musgrove is going to pitch with really good control, like he did in the start. He's going to be a decent strikeout pitcher, and he should get a lot of ground balls. That's that's not a bad combination. So uh, maybe that. Hopefully it's the beginning of an upward tick for Musgrove because he's struggled a bit out of the gate this year. And Matt Cain, Matt Cain, five innings, just one run allowed, six hits, and again, another sparkling performance in terms of control, zero walks, seven strikeouts. And yes, it is the Padres, so the Padres are the new Astros. The Padres make everybody, or just about everybody, look like a great strikeout pitcher. Um, and the interesting thing about Cain in the start, every one of those seven strikeouts came on a swinging strike. And Kane's actually had a pretty nice little run so far this year, but it's really been getting batters not to swing. So that was kind of an interesting matchup to see what prevailed. And Kane in this start got the called strikes and the swinging strikes and seven swinging strikeouts. So you're not going to see that every time out for Matt Kane, but he may be a little bit ignored and maligned in some deeper leagues. Uh, and and I think there's there's a little something there with Matt Kane this year. Uh, Zach Eflin, also no walks. 
Only four strikeouts, but seven innings deep against the Dodgers. Just four hits, two runs. I'd have all these pitchers. Uh, and granted, in the case of Musgrove, Cave, and Kane, and now Eflin, you know, these are all kind of deeper league options. But um, he's the one that I really have the least interest in, even though, you know, he's had two really nice starts in a row because he's just, he is a contact pitcher. It's what Eflin has been. And I just don't think there's enough else there, even in terms of control, to really recommend him uh, in most weeks, even in a deeper league. So, um, you know, that's that's one where, I, you know, if I look at these good results, I say, you know, maybe it's a, a little bit of fool's gold. Um, so when we uh, we're going to head to break in just a minute or so, but uh, we've got some two star pitchers to look at. And it's a tough, tough group of two star pitchers to pick from this week. Not that there's few of them. But uh, there's not necessarily ones that have everything clicking in terms of matchups and their trends. But we're going to try to uh, pick out the best of the the bunch uh, right when we come back. Welcome back, everybody, to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and we're going to wrap things up here with a little more pitcher talk, looking ahead to uh, week five and some of the two-start options. I'm going to tell you, it's not pretty, but we're going to try to help you out here. And if you're looking ahead in a daily league uh, for streaming options, uh, check out the Sunday streamers column. I write it uh, every Sunday. Actually, I write it on Saturday, full disclosure. But it's there on the site right now on Sunday. Uh, and uh, I give you three, at least three pitchers this week. I give you three pitchers who could help you in various categories this week in your categories league. So check that out. Uh, but looking ahead to next week, the two start options in terms of the ones that are available, um, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding because you got Robert Giselman, who's got the Braves in Atlanta and then home start against the, the Marlins, which, you know, that's, an, those are okay matchups. Uh, but Giselman, his last start, his velocity, it was down. And I just don't find him trustworthy at this point. So uh, I, I don't feel good about that. And then you got Jeremy Hellickson, who has been very good and not getting strikeouts. But maybe with two starts, and especially in a points league, you figure Hellickson could give you maybe you know 14 innings or more uh, in a typical two-start week. Uh, and even in a rental league, maybe maybe you get six or seven strikeouts for Hellickson, and that's enough. But he's got the Cubs at Wrigley. And at home against the Nationals. Yuck. Uh, so I'm not sure I trust Hellickson as good as he has been. Now, Sonny Gray is is a likely two-start option because he is uh, on track to return on Tuesday at the Twins. Assuming he makes that start, he would get then the Tigers on Sunday. But do you really want to start Gray right away off the DL? I'm not so sure. Alex Cobb, nice matchups at the Marlins. And then at home versus the Blue Jays. Um, and Cobb has what been one of the leaders in the major leagues, and in, in a way, you don't really want a pitcher to be a leader. He is tied for the most balls hit at at least ninety-five miles per hour. He and Matt Moore have allowed forty-eight of those, and he's seventh in exit velocity, highest exit velocity. So I don't find Cobb to be trustworthy. So I, if I've got targets, it's actually be Daniel Norris. And again, he's not been terrific. 
But, you know, I think he's been good enough, and he's got the Indians who don't hit lefties for a whole lot of power. And then he's got the A's in Oakland, and that's a great park for, for Norris's fly ball tendency. So out of a bunch of really risky options, uh, I'd have to say I like Norris the best. And uh, to wrap things up here, in this week's resistible force meets the movable object matchup, you've got Dylan Covey with two starts. He's got the Royals and the Orioles, who respectively rank 30th and 20th in WOBA against right-handed pitchers. But Kobe himself has not exactly been a world beater in his first three major league starts. But, you know, in a, in a very, very deep league, what the heck? So, anyway, uh, hope you have a, a good final day of week four. I wish you luck in week five. I will be back tomorrow uh, at the usual time, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So, I hope to see you then. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a good one.